So sometimes in anger, you will scowl. But sometimes in anger, um, you'll laugh. Sometimes in anger, you'll sit quietly and seethe, plotting the demise of your enemy. And in each instance, your brain and your body is doing something different. That's Lisa Feldman Barrett. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me today. And we are sort of picking right up right where we left off yesterday with Mel Robbins as we are talking about controlling our emotions with our newest feature speaker, psychologist and neuroscientist, Lisa Feldman Barrett. And today she is going to give us three ways to use our brain to better control our emotions. Here's Lisa Feldman Barrett. Enjoy. Here's the third myth we're going to take on today. This is the idea that there are dedicated uh, circuits in the brain for emotion. So a lot of the time when we feel emotion, it kind of feels like it's ha- they're happening to us, you know, like they kind of take us over, causing us to do and say things uh, that we would rather not. And so this makes it seem to us as if we must have Um, buried deep inside some inner beast, a set of uh, pre-wired emotion circuits that our um, rationality has to control. But our brain is a master of deception. It creates experiences for us uh, at the same time as misleading us as to how those experiences are created. And I'll give you just one example. So this, what I'm displaying here in the red, is an outline of a brain region called the amygdala. So if I were to split my brain, do a cross section of my skull, kind of pop open the front, this is what you'd be looking at um, when all the blood is cleared away. Um, The red is the amygdala. The amygdala is kind of like the rock star of brain regions. It is in the media all the time. People write articles about it. And typically, um, writing articles about the amygdala's importance in fear. So fear, the fear circuit is supposed to live in this brain region. And the question is, does it, right? So in my lab, we we collected all hundreds of studies, brain imaging studies of people when they were experiencing fear um, and, and other emotions, and we summarized them. And so sure enough, when you look at the number of experiments where people experience fear, um, you see uh, that about 30% of the experiments show an increase in the amygdala activity. So that's better than chance, but it's not what you would expect if the amygdala actually was the home of fear. You'd expect something much greater. And in fact, you see amygdala activity increase in every emotion that's ever been studied, and in fact, in many studies that have nothing to do with emotion at all. Um, and this finding is basically what you find for any brain region or network or pattern of activity um, that uh, has been uh, claimed to be the home of emotion. So emotions 
are complex constructions. They are not simple circuits. In fact, um, emotions are not built into your brain. They're built by your brain as you need them. And they are not reactions to the world. They are your constructions of the world. Or more specifically, they're your constructions of what bodily sensations, uh, what um, uh, Anil um, told us earlier, called interoceptions, what those sensations mean in the context um, that you're in right now. So the most um, intimate part of you, your, the internal parts of your body, are, are kind of a mystery to you most of the time. Your brain is actually wired that way. And so your brain has to guess at what these internal sensations mean in the context that you're in right now. And so an emotion is um, your brain's explanation of your internal sensations um, in the given context that you're in. And when your brain is creating um, these explanations, creating these emotions, it's not creating one meaning, one story. So anger, for example, is not one reaction. It's actually a population of instances that vary from one another in a way that's very strongly tied to the situation. So sometimes in anger, you will scowl. But sometimes in anger, um, you'll laugh. Sometimes in anger, you'll sit quietly and seethe, plotting the demise of your enemy. And in each instance, your brain and your body is doing something different. So in your brain, you carry around a model of the world. So we heard Marcus talk about this. We heard uh, Anil talk about this. Your brain uses this model of the world to anticipate um, what is going to happen next, both in your body and in your brain. So the brain's internal model kind of works like uh, a scientist. It makes a prediction about what's going to happen in the world and in the body. And then it compares its prediction to incoming sensory inputs from the world and from the body. And if it's correct, um, that prediction becomes your experience. This is akin to what people refer to as system one. System two is when your prediction isn't quite right. And so your brain has the opportunity to change its prediction, tweak its internal model. We have a special word for this in, in science. We call it learning. <laughs> and this is also what is referred to as system two in the sense that this is a much more effortful uh, thing to do. System one and system two are not literal networks in your brain. They're different modes of brain processing. So what does this mean for you in everyday life, particularly if you want to change your emotions and control your emotions? Well, what it means is that the, um, the, the horizon of control that you have is much greater than you might imagine. So I'm not telling you here that you can snap your fingers and change how you feel. If that were the case, we'd probably all be happier. And uh, scientists like some of those you've heard today, we'd all be out of a job. There'd be no mystery. That's actually not how it works, right? But it is important to realize that the brain is using three sources of information, three sources of three ingredients, if you will, um, to make emotions. And if you change any of these ingredients, you have more control over what you feel. So one set of ingredients is information from the body, right? So you can change the state of your body really easily. You can get up, you can move around, you can eat something, you can take drugs. In fact, 
Um, the opiate crisis in uh, the United States um, uh, you know, is uh, one consequence of this, actually. Another thing you can do is change your surroundings, literally by moving from one context to another or um, by um, figuratively changing your surroundings by attending to different things. Um, uh, this is what happens when you learn how to be mindful. But you can also change your internal model. That is, if it's the case that the brain is using past experience in order to make predictions about the immediate future, which then becomes your present experience, then you can cultivate new experiences with a little bit of effort and seed your brain to make predictions differently in the future. So first, this is something that takes effort, you know, um, uh, and then it becomes automatic, kind of like driving. What is first automatic eventually, I mean, what is first effortful eventually becomes automatic. And this is the way that you have much more control and much more responsibility uh, uh, in, um, in creating experience because, in fact, you actually are the architect of your own experience. Big thanks to Lisa Feldman Barrett for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, The Three Big Myths About Emotions, Gender, and Brains. Lisa Feldman Barrett. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, lisafeldmanbarrett.com. That is also her Twitter and her YouTube and her most popular book to date is entitled How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain. And her most recent book is entitled Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain. And I'll have all the ways to connect with her and her work, including links to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. So you can go and check that out. All right. That is a wrap for me. Real quick before you go, if you are liking the show, don't forget to follow, share, or leave a rating and review on either Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate you for it. And I hope you have a poised rest of your day. And I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.